Maybe I'll try this one. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to the Unangry Black Woman podcast. I am your host, the healing coach, Tiffany Fox. Our guest today is Keon Fox, my person, my boo, my bae, my man, my man, my man, my man. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the first episode of the Unangry Black Woman. How you feel? I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. Why the unangry black woman? So glad you asked. So the unangry black woman is a movement. I want to dispel the myth about um, black women, our stereotypes, our misconceptions about us being aggressive, hostile, dramatic, confrontational. So I wanted to give you all a viewpoint from the other side, the healed black woman, the whole black woman. Okay, I like that a lot. I'm glad that I could be the first guest on your podcast. Uh, many more episodes to come, I'm quite sure. So uh, let's kick this uh, first episode off. Let's kick it off. So I wanted to start by talking about the Kirk Franklin documentary. I think okay. that's a great segue into what the podcast will be all about and just different perspectives. So um, the documentary is called uh, Father's Day. Okay. Were you able to take a look at it? I did. I did. Okay, okay. So I wanted to just unpack that. It was full of nuggets and and emotions and just I am absolutely glad he did um, the documentary because for me, healing happens in community. So I think by airing that and putting that out in the public, it allows other people to know and feel and see, you know, his journey and people know they're not alone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it surprised me because I really didn't know too much about Kirk Franklin's story. So... Yeah. Getting that, uh, there was a lot to unpack with that. Uh, and I watched it with my mom, so it was definitely a, a conversation starter. So um, it's great that you actually picked this for a topic. So where would you like to start regarding it? Ooh, um, let's start with his reaction to the news. So when he, he was waiting for the doctor to call back for the paternity test. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, give the, the audience backstory just in case they didn't see it okay all right i don't want to do spoiler alerts though okay okay so so at at this point audience if by any chance you haven't watched it as of yet go watch it it's on youtube go check it out so press pause on this go check it out and then come back it's called father's day kirk franklin it's about 35 minutes yeah All right. So for those of us who've seen it, let's uh, just recap what it was. So um, Kirk Franklin was adopted. And so he knew his mom, but he did not know initially his biological dad. He was, I think, a family friend adopted him. And so there was still a strained relationship between him and his mother. And the the man that he thought was his his father died a couple years ago. And so um, there was a funeral that he did not attend, but a a family friend attended, and there was this guy there, Mr. Rick. And so rumor has it that Mr. Rick looked like Kirk, um, and that um, it came out, Mr. Rick said, hey, I dated Deborah, his mom. And so he was willing to take a paternity test, and he said, hey, I'll take it. Whatever Kirk wants to do with it, he can do with it. And so um, it brings us forward to the paternity test and the doctor calling saying, he was 99% Kirk's father. Okay. okay. 
And so um, let's talk about that. So Kirk gets the call. He's at home with his wife, and he gets the call. And um, it's 99.9% that Mr. Rick is his father. So take me to where you were or how you felt watching his reaction. Okay, so first when I saw the reaction, I thought he was surprised and happy that that like he found his father because he's like, that's my father, that's my father. So I thought it was just the shock and surprise of happiness. Okay. What I didn't know was that his mother lied to him and told him that another man was his father. That was an eye opener. Okay. Um, and even more so because when he actually, I guess he was talking to his wife or he was talking to the doctor on the phone, I can't remember which, but he basically stated, I have a whole bunch of resentment towards a man that didn't deserve it. So okay. that man that he thought was his yeah. father, yeah, he had resentment and he even spoke to a point where he basically talked to that man before he died and was, and was you know, basically saying, I'm, I'm insecure, I'm this because of you, right. because of you not being there. Right. And even the reaction that that man gave him wasn't enough. Absolutely, absolutely. And because of that, the built-up resentment, the hatred, whatever it is that you want to call it, he had that at that point. So to find out that his mother lied to him about who that man was, you can't even be happy in a moment to realize that you actually have someone else as your father because you have so many emotions. The the hurt that your mother caused you by lying to you. Mm -hmm. The hurt that you have because you did you shamed the man that didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just those two combinations alone was heavy. Right, absolutely. And to see it, I guess, in real time was, I mean, because it's a documentary, so to see it in real time was the eye-opener. Yeah. That was a lot. Just it to was. start off, I think that was the first 10 minutes of yeah. the... <laughs> yeah. Right. And and I, I think I start tearing up at that point um, because he was like, what? What? And so you just felt all the thoughts, all the everything, emotions that he had, and he couldn't say anything but what? Right. You know, and pace back and forth. And he like, I got to go. You know, I got to go. And so um, his coping mechanism and how he handles things is to be alone. So he goes in isolation or solitude to process. Um, and he even talked about, thank God he was in the middle of uh, recording and doing the music because he didn't know how he was going to process those emotions. So let's talk about that for a minute. How do we process emotions? I think for most men, uh, being alone is the norm. Okay. Um, I don't think that we have the ability Maybe now it's changed a little bit, but I, I kind of doubt it. But I don't think we have the ability to be vulnerable in front of people. So a lot of times when someone loses someone or just that part where your emotions kick in, you have to be alone. Mm -hmm. You do the same thing alone that you would do in front of people. Cry, just that, that whole thing. But you have to do it alone, and I think we've been conditioned to do that. So it wasn't yeah. a surprise when he's alone. It's the norm. It is. Is it healthy? No, it's definitely not healthy, mm -hmm. but I don't think that we still have a place that welcomes us to be vulnerable. And I think that's what um, we need to, to start creating is those safe spaces. 
Because if we're left alone too long to our own thoughts and our feelings, we might process it all wrong and have to undo everything we've just processed and how we looked at it and from what perspective. Um, and so I love the fact that he was still surrounded by um, his music family who was helping him record, you know, the 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 music. Um, and, that's, and that's another thing. I mean, that's the other part of dealing with it. Let me just work through it. Let me just get past it. Let me not even right deal with it i don't want to face the reality the sad part whether it's men or women i think that that's what we, we what we deal with just on a regular basis i mean if you work a nine to five and you lose a family member you have your bereavement days <laughs> that's five days right that's five days it's, to not only some have three right right so it's, it, it's it's three to five days to process this person just passing getting all the affairs in order saying your goodbyes and then back to work you go absolutely and when you get back to work your co-workers your boss may be sympathetic and they may hey how's everything going but it doesn't stop the fact that there's work to do absolutely so life goes on and i think that's the thing that makes at least men hard because it's nobody cares it's the same old same old yo let's get back to work so you got to deal with it in those minutes when you're driving or you're alone or you you know, drowning yourself in your work. So to see him do that, I think that's how he's learned to deal with things his entire life. And I think for women, it's similar, but I don't think it's necessarily get back to work, but I got to take care of everybody else. Right. So let me cry in the shower, let me get it out, and then go back and, you know, take care of these kids, the boo you know, whatever else we got to take care of, the ministry, the volunteer work, the PTA, you know, the team moms, all that good stuff. So I think for us is, you know, we let it out, but it's right. We don't process it either. We get right back to our everyday taking care of everyone else yeah. and not taking care of ourselves. So I just wanted to pause for a minute and just talk about that because I want people to understand that you don't have to heal in isolation. Right. Right. Sure. Go go away for a moment. Get quiet. Calm those emotions down. But reach up. Reach up. Um, next, I wanted to talk about um, Mr. Rick's reaction. Mr. Rick was a G. I love Mr. Rick. Mr. Rick was a G. Hey, Mr. Rick, if you're listening. Um, because Kurt came with questions. Absolutely. And Mr. Rick really couldn't answer those questions, but he did it to the best of his ability. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was a kid. And, that, and that's the thing. Let me stop right there. That's the thing that I questioned. How old was he? They don't really speak on it. But to say you were a kid, I know that a lot of times that's an excuse for people when they don't want to deal with being responsible. I so was he a was a kid having a kid. Or that's what he was saying? Well, I think he was a kid having sex okay okay um so whatever was going on i don't think he was prepared for it or even knew anything was going on so i wonder if he was a teenager mm -hmm. if he was maybe 19 20 like a fresh out of high school maybe fresh out of college kid i, I wonder how old he actually was but the way that he responded like he told kirk he said hey I don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. Nah, I didn't hear anything about your mother actually being pregnant. I, I really don't remember. I was a kid. Um, which, I mean, it was an honest answer. Whether that's the answer that you want, it was an honest answer. But yeah. the, the thing that I loved about it was, 
and I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, but the thing that I loved about it is he told Kirk, like, yo, this is for you because whether I'm your father yes. or not, yes. I want you to, you know, feel comfortable with, with what it is. So ask me, we're going to be here. And then when he found out, yeah, to me, his reaction from finding out was, it was almost like, I wish I would have known. Mm-hmm. So not only was Kirk robbed of having a father, but he was also robbed of having being a, a father. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think you pointed out um, at one point, uh, just side conversation that we had off, off mic about it, Kirk turned into a little boy. He did, and that's all I saw. It was like a seven or eight-year-old boy from the time he was in the car nervous to walking up them steps and just pacing back and forth. Um, you know, and, and even Mr. Rick opened the door and he said, you may enter. He was afraid to enter. So I saw a seven, eight-year-old little boy even sitting on that couch. Right, right. Um, and so let's let's stay there for a minute. So that seven or eight-year-old little boy, when healing needs to take place, does that show up in the grown man? Does the little boy show up? In the grown man. Absolutely. In what ways? The vulnerability. Okay. Um, the grown man is going to build the wall. Okay. Let me take that back. The little boy builds the wall. The grown man enforces that nobody breaks through. Okay. So it's a, a, a defense it's detective mechanism. Okay. Once you get to the point where, and I think even with Kirk, once you get to the point where you actually are open to find this information, is this my father? Is this not my father? He went knowing it was his father. So yeah, he knew. That's, sorry, that's the part that he Spoiler already knew alert. before he actually went to meet the man. He knew it was his father because he already took the test. His father, his actual biological father, he didn't know. Right. So... To me, Kirk was going as the little boy because right. he knew this is my father. Everything else was preparing for his father's reaction mm-hmm. to the news. Mm-hmm. So once his father came as a man and as a father to say, I mean, he, he put the paper down, he started to cry. Right. And he started to apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, if I knew. Mm-hmm. I felt he felt a lot of regret. Kirk as the little boy, but also as the grown man. There were glimpses of both. The grown man said, hey, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. No resentment. Mm-hmm. The little boy said, can I have a hug? The little boy said, can I have a hug? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. So it's it's pieces. Yeah, it is. So he that man that was her. holding up the wall is like, I'm going to let it down because you didn't know. Absolutely. And you're not coming from a point of, hey, you ain't my son. None of that. I didn't know. I'm sorry. And the little boy said, can I have a hug? And he was so much of a little boy in that moment. And I don't mean that to be offensive. He was so much of a little boy in that moment. He was like, I don't know if it's going to be a good hug. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm apologize because I don't know if it's going to be a good hug. And and what's his father's name again? Let me get Mr. Rick. Mr. Rick. (laughs) Mr. Rick. His his whole demeanor was F all that. And he embraced them. He gave them the hug that he needed. 
And that's what I loved about Mr. Rick. He was about Kurt from day one. And I think Kurt yeah. hadn't had anybody to be about him. So he felt, right? right? And so even, hey, I'm going to give y'all the paternity test. Do what you want to do. When he came over, come on in. You know, I didn't know. And so it was like Mr. Rick made it all about Kurt, made it on Kurt's terms, whatever he wanted. And I love that for him because right. it wasn't a selfish motive at all. Right. And I think it allowed the little boy to be vulnerable. It allowed him to really see Mr. Rick's raw emotions and and embrace them. And, and going, just to backtrack just a little bit, this whole thing actually started because of Mr. Rick. Correct. When they were at the funeral, when people were saying, hey, he looks like Kurt, mm -hmm. Mr. Rick could have easily shrugged it off, and denied it, it or whatever. The thing that we forgot to mention is that Mr. Rick actually took it upon himself to, to get a, a, a DNA test, swapped himself and gave it to Kirk's friend to say, hey, I know Kirk has been hearing rumors. He may have questions. Hey, I took it upon myself. He can do what he wants with it. You ain't going to find too many people that's just going to be open to take a DNA Absolutely. test without somebody even asking Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So let's salute that. Absolutely. You know, so that showed me from, from there, oh, he's a solid dude. Yeah. Solid. Absolutely. So let's uh, swing around the corner. Let's talk about Kirk's mom. Oh, Kirk's mama. <sighs> her reaction, his reaction to her. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Hold up. Can we cuss? <laughs> <laughs> let's cuss. All right. So <laughs> I just got to ask first, can we cuss? That shit bothered me. Okay. All right. Because I'm not judging where someone was when they gave up their kid. Mm -hmm. um, and even what you may have been going through ever since. I don't know that story, so I'm not here to judge it. The problem that I have is that once Kirk found out, he comes with a, a test, 99.99999% positive that this man is his father. The mother continues to deny it. Absolutely. Cool. Kirk says, all right, we'll go get another test. All of us together. The same exact results. Mm -hmm. For the life of me, I can't understand why someone would continue to be in denial. And even to the point where Kirk said, hey, if you're not, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, even if you're not, if you're not going to accept the results, this is going to put a wedge between our relationship. Now, there's already a wedge in between the mm -hmm. relationship because mm -hmm. he hadn't seen her right. in 23 years. Right. So at a point where, hey, we can finally get some closure, we can get to a point where all of us are in a, a space to at least be um, able to communicate with each other. She blocked that by mm -hmm. continuing to deny. And that's the part that fucked up because I cannot understand for the life of me why would you continue to lie why would you continue to lie so here's the thing right I don't know maybe she'll be a guest on the on the show but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know so I can't speak to why but I will speak to 
um, and I hate to single out this generation. I love y'all, but we got to talk about my baby boomers, okay? And that's the generation of my parents. Um, and even I can go back to their parents. Back before that. Right? So if you look like us and you've been raised in a certain community, there has always been family secrets, right? There has always been the story of grandpa has another family across town, sometimes across the street. And you you playing with these kids and you don't know that they're your brother and sister, you know, or you dating somebody, you don't know they're your cousin. And so there's a lot of family secrets. But there was something that was shameful about their relationship. What that was, I don't know. I don't know if she wanted to save face. What makes you think it was shameful? Because she's not open and honest to admit that that's her baby daddy. Okay, so that could be it. I don't know, but... It's some type of shame or guilt that's associated with being with this man. Okay, so this is the thing. When it comes to a family secret, mm -hmm. I'm with you. Have you ever heard Terrell Owens' story? Yes. Across the street, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. his, dad was, his dad was across the street? His dad was yeah. across the street. Mm -hmm. Lived across the street his entire life and did not know it until basically he's about to go... Basically, I guess to what college. have sex with his have sister. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know all that. If I got the story correct, I, I may have forgotten. See, oh, he 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 might have did you no, wrong. No, 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 no. I think that's the story. <laughs> but nonetheless, his father lived right across the street his entire life. He didn't know it. Right. So even with that situation, both your mother and father knew. Okay. So I don't know if it's shame between one or the other, but I don't understand. That dynamic, it, it is that generation. These generations do have a lot of secrets, and as much as, as much as this society says, "Hey, I want what my grandparents had." No, that, no, that's yeah, what we say, but I, I, I don't want, think we understand. Y'all don't understand that <laughs> granddad had a family on the other side of town, and y'all don't find out until the funeral. But grandma knew the whole entire the whole time. time. You know she's going to say face and she's going to take that check that he give every Friday on the table and she's going to make do what it do. Make it do what it uh, And she's going to let the man be a man. Ain't that what they say? So it, it's generations of secrecy. It's generations of other families and, and, and kids on the side and the whole nine. And so what I'm saying is it stems from shame and guilt, right? So I don't know T.O.'s mom. But she may have been ashamed that she slept with a married man. Whoever was the side chick, she might have been the side chick. So she might have said, hey, I'm ashamed. And so we're going to keep this secret to the grave, right? And I'm just saying, leading back to Ms. Deborah, Kurt's mom, there may have been some shame and guilt associated with that. And I'm going to be real with you. Can I, can I be real? Can I be vulnerable? So we have that situation in my family. And so we have um, a mother who denied who the father was until the child was 50 years old. And so it all stemmed to do with the shame that she was being intimate with this man. And so to save face because you was married, you didn't want everybody to know you had an affair. To save face because this man had a family of his own and you didn't want to be casted as the side chick, mistress, whatever you want to call it. We're going to keep this lie up. And so it, it didn't seem like there was any um, sexual assault or, like, 
he raped her, like Mr. Rick raped her or anything like that. So that's what made me allude to the, the shame and guilt because I think a lot of secrets stem from the shame and the guilt of that thing. So what can be more shameful than giving up that kid? And, and that's the thing about it. it. You're at a point where everything should be out the bag at this point because you're dealing with someone who was given up for adoption. So it's already, hey, I was pregnant. I had you. I didn't keep you. I gave you away. So at this point, yo, we in the thick of it. We in the shame. So here's the thing. It may not be shame surrounding the adoption because as a woman, she may have felt like she done what she needed to do, like she couldn't care for Kurt, and this was the best option. So there may not be shame in that. But how he was conceived, her reputation, and I'm they were from a small town, and who she is, it may affect all of that. But giving him up could have been, in her eyes, one of the best decisions she made for Kurt. Okay, so this is the part of, so after watching this documentary, because basically we're at the end of it at this point. Um, actually, we're not at the end of it, but we're at the end of at least the relationship between Kirk and his mother. Right. So because of her not wanting to face the reality and really accept it and admit that this man is, is Kirk's father, it drove a further wedge between the two. No more communication at this point. And he was faced to deal with a difficult decision. Can you give me what I need? Her response was, no, I cannot, basically, right? So he has to make now a tough decision about how he's going to move forward, if he's going to move forward with this strained relationship they already had. And what I saw was that was the end of their relationship. Right. Because here I am, 53 years old, and you still can't be what I need you to be for little Kurt. And so, you know, um, I know that was a tough decision. And in healing and, 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 you know, just getting better, we got to make some tough decisions. So let me ask you this question. Because after watching that, yeah, I was pissed because I'm like, yo, you got the ability to be the mother that he wanted. Um, no, no, no. Just from a point of at least let's have a, a relationship, not the mother that he wanted in the grand scheme of what a mother is. But just to be able to say, hey, at least we can start to build a relationship because everything is out. I got my father now. We can at least have a dialogue. So, But so, here's the thing. She can't be what he want him to be. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, at least from a point of, let's just being able to have an open dialogue. She don't have it. Right. But I'm saying from his point of view, he's looking at it like, hey, this is at least where we can start. Not saying that it's going right. to get any better, but right. at least we can have right. communication. Right. But because you can't even admit to who this man is regarding me, everything's off the table. Absolutely. Now. So at first I was pissed about it, but the other thing that made me think about it is what did she go through? Mm. Because... To have that shame of that man. Now, when you see the man, I don't see anything necessarily wrong with that man to be shameful about. However, I wasn't there back then. I don't know the situation. 
I don't even know necessarily know if it was because of him. So I think that that's the biggest thing that, going back to your point of family secrets, is we don't know our family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we can sit there and say, yo, mom or grandma, you know, they held back and ain't admit who, you know, yeah. dad was in the whole nine, but we can guess why they did it. But because of the shame or because of the secrecy, we'll never have an understanding of what really happened and who you were and who he was at this point. Absolutely. And what you were dealing with. So that's a, let me just go black man for a moment, (laughs) black community, that whole nine. But I think this is the problem that bothers our community is because we don't have a full understanding of our history. And absolutely, I agree. I'm saying history because not, not, do I know who my father is? Do I know who my mother is? Do I know who my grandparents are? Do I know are? where I come from? Do I know who they are? Mm-hmm. What were they doing? Where did they come from? We hear families all the time that's not the traditional black families, but just other races speak about legacy and speak about the grandparents and the great-grandparents and just the, the generations moving forward, and we don't necessarily have that. We're confused. Right, absolutely. So just looking at that, I did have a little bit of feeling for the mother because I'm I'm just like, yo, for her to constantly deny that, for her to give up her son and to still be in a place of denial when it comes to this man and yo, the alter it was he she was given an ultimatum. Yo, you either deal with this and realize it and, and basically admit that this really happened or yo, we done. And but she, she chose- wasn't she I don't think he gave her an ultimatum. She asked a question. Is this going to further separate us? Yes. But I think when he said yeah, that was the ultimatum. Like, yeah, I mean it wasn't necessarily given by him, but it's still the ultimatum of, hey, you either realize this and admit it or we're through. And that's the whole thing because everybody knows it's true. But here's the thing, once again translation i think kurt is saying can i trust you with my heart can i trust you can i trust you with little kurt but i think that even before can i trust you with my heart can we even have conversation but can i trust you because he doesn't trust her and it was evident by going back to when he first learned that mr rick was his father when the doctor called he said she lied to me again that was his first response right so he doesn't trust her and so I think, just just breaking it down, I think he's saying, can I trust you? Or are you going to reject this a second time? Right. I can't trust you. Because the scientific evidence, what's, what's in front of us, you still won't admit. So I can't trust you. Yeah, and, th- and that's the thing I was looking at. Like, yo, I can't even trust that you can trust this paper or at least admit what's on this paper. Before we even get to my feelings, my heart, my whatever, I just need you to confirm what's on the paper. Absolutely. You can't right. even do that. Right. So that to me was the ultimatum because before we even get to trusting you with my heart or trusting little Kurt, I just need you to sit there and admit the paper. Right. Right. That was the like, yo, you can't yep. even admit what's on the paper. That's it sad. ain't even a point of, hey, what happened? What was the story? Like he's not asking for anything but to sit there and say, hey. What's on this paper? Right. So I think that was the biggest thing. 
Um, yeah, that, that part bothered me. But again, I did have some type of, I guess, sympathy for yeah, that's word empathy, for it. Empathy, empathy. Mm-hmm. Just because we don't know her story, and I know that's, you know, when you're dealing with how somebody treats a kid and gives up a kid and the whole nine, it's like, yo, I don't care about what she went through, but we got to understand what she went through to understand her actions and to get here. Right. So, and because of that, going to the next part, the last part of the documentary, it made me wonder was her actions and like is this a part of her dna is it a part of something that she went through and now kurt goes through and now is transferring that over to his relationship with his kids Mm -hmm. because that's the that's the end of the documentary is i guess writing that wrong Mm -hmm. but we never know at least i didn't know what caused the wrong in that relationship especially from a point of I didn't have a family right so to have any type of friction between you and your son it's like yo how can you go through that knowing how you were like why why, you know what I'm saying but is that a generational thing I think and I hate to to say the old cliche but I think hurt people hurt people and so if you're not taught how to love and you're not taught um how to give grace and you're not taught how to be a father or how to parent, I think it makes it difficult to parent from a broken place. And so, again, going back to the generation before us and the generation before that, you know, we talk about generational curses, we talk about patterns, you know, either we set out to be just like our parents because they did such a great job in our eyes, or we don't want to be anything like them. And so it's never a, a in, in the middle. And so I, you find yourself as a parent doing things because that's how you were parented. Never asking if it was right or wrong, but that's how we did it growing up in my house. And so I think a lot of that patterns, behaviors is passed down in generations. Right. But if you're, if you're trying to love from a void, right? And Kurt said at 53, he has all these accolades and awards and, and money and things, but he would give it all up to be someone's son. Right. So you have all these outward things, right? You have all these things, but you still have no true validation. You still have no true, um, and he said he's the most insecure person in the room. Yeah. And so that lets me know there is a void there. And so your parenting and you're in a marriage, and that's what we do. We, I mean, let's be honest. That's what we do. We, we run companies. We CEOs. We run ministries. We have kids, grandkids, and we're parenting and loving from that broken place. So I guess the, the, the better question is how do, how do you become something that you never saw or had? Why are we trying to become that thing? Well, if, Why aren't you trying to be the best you? Well, and I, I'm saying that from a point of I have a kid now. Mm-hmm. If I didn't grow up with a father, I don't necessarily know how to be a father or what it looks like. So I'm in a position where I don't have a choice. I have to be a father. Right. I can't just say I'm me. No, one of my titles is now father. Okay. So what I mean by 
being something that we've never seen is that, hey, husband, I've never seen a husband. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen a marriage. You know what I'm saying? A, a lasting one. So a healthy one, right? To to say, hey, now you go into your marriage and okay, what I do? Oh, you a father now? Okay, what does that look like? And then even better, hey, be a man. What does that look like? So for me, and I'm just I'm I'm just speaking from my experience. I didn't grow up with my mother, right? And I have two children. We have two children. And so for me, motherhood was very serious because I was like this. I, I'm not going to experiment with this. These are my my babies. But I sought out and I reached up for help. I got with women who I admired their mothering. You know, I got in small groups. I got in different ways um, and different different groups to show me how to be a mom. Not necessarily a parenting class. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is I sought out to be a good mom. So I surrounded myself with good moms. I was intentional with that. Let's talk about our marriage, right? We don't come from healthy marriages. But what do we do? We, we reach up. We got into Marriage Learning Academy. We do studies together. So there are ways to be intentional about being the best you. Now, I don't want to be Cliff and Claire Huxtable, right? right? And that's what I mean by stop trying to be something that you see because you don't have it in front of you, be the best you and what works for you. But we got to be intentional about the help and reaching up. And that goes full circle to the beginning of what I was saying. Healing happens in community. I can't go in a room and learn how to be a good mom. I got to be around good moms, good women. So let me ask you this. Sure. Let me say this first and then ask you the question. Okay. Everything you said, granted, I hear it, I accept it. Cool. I think what happens with men, especially little boys that end up growing into men, is there is an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. There is a lack of identity. Without the father, I think that you struggle to find identity. It's, 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 it's not that you can't find identity without a father. Let me say that. You can find out who you are. You can have your identity and everything can be great. What I'm saying is a lot of times that can be a struggle because you're trying to relate to other people that look like you. Absolutely. If there's none around, that becomes difficult. Yeah. A man, a woman can raise a, a man. You can't make him a man. Mm -hmm. He can't identify to what you do as a woman and think that that's manly. Right. We have a son right now. A lot of my relationship with him is identity. Mm -hmm. With you, the relationship is nurturing. Correct. So even growing up being younger, you know, the identity is, okay, there's not a father around. Okay, do I have big brothers? No, I don't got big brothers. Do I got older cousins? Yeah, you want to you walk like them, you want to dress like them. Oh, you look outside, the older dudes. Like, yo, know, you identify with, the men that you see, you are a man. So you're looking at what looks like you. Mm -hmm. So without having that father or mother, mm -hmm. there's an identity crisis, whether it be big or small, in my opinion. Absolutely. So that's the thing about community. Community is great. A lot of us don't have the community mm -hmm. or a lot of us don't have the right community. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. When did you find that community as a woman? How old were you when you found that community? I was 24, 25. Right. So at 24, 25, mm -hmm. you find that identity. You find that community to, to kind of shape or help you with the identity. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about everything that could have happened between, let's say, 11 mm -hmm. to 25. Right. Some people don't come back from that. I understand. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the, that, the bigger part of this whole thing is the identity. I mean, like you said, Kirk is 53, mm -hmm. and he still struggles with identity. Like he told that man that he thought was his father. I'm insecure. Right. Because of you. Right. That's identity. You know and, and, I, and I agree. I think that, um, shout out to the men. I think that men, this made me realize, um, and I always valued men. I'm a, I'm a daddy's girl and I was raised by my father. So I know the power of, of a father um, and a black father. So shout out to my dad. But this highlighted the um, how fathers shape the identity of a kid even from their last name, right? Let's go biblical, let's go back. Your surname, right, shaped your legacy, it shaped the reputation. Your last name gave you entitlement, gave you power, right? And so I think that men do give their children identity, boys and girls. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, I always knew who I was and I was very confident in knowing who I was. But because my mother wasn't there, I lacked worth. I didn't know my value, right? But I do think I do think fathers um, give that identity, validate that kid. You know, it's a different when I say something to our son and you say something to to our son. He he going, you know, he he taking your stuff to the bank. It is what it is, you know, um, because my dad said that. Right. And so this, again, um, highlighted for me just the importance of dads, you know, the importance of, of fatherhood. Um, and before we wrap up, I wanted to ask one question that Kurt asked, and I wanted to see how that resonated with you. He asked, um, who am I healed? I only know myself broken. Did that resonate with you? If so, how did it? Um, it resonated because of knowing being in a place where you don't have that relationship with your father. Mm -hmm. Um, now I have a relationship with my father. Um, so it's not like my father is not in the picture. Uh, but I didn't grow up with my father. Um, so a lot of things I had to kind of trial and error learn on my own. It wasn't you know too much that I was able to, to to get at that at that point and that's not any shades of my dad at all but it just is what it is right um so i resonate with that part but i i cannot i cannot visualize or even try to emote what it would feel like to not have both mm. and not only to not have both but know that i was given up mm -hmm. so not want it right right you know what I'm saying? So that's another layer. And then also on top of that, get to a point of, hey, I could have been wanted by this man had he known, mm. but you didn't say anything and you robbed both of us. Mm. 
So, yeah, I, I can relate on certain levels, but that is a little deep for me to relate to because, fortunately, I didn't have that experience. So, yeah, I'm, I know what it f- I know what it's like to be broken, but I know what it's like to come back from it. I think that the, the one thing, if you ask me what I struggle with, I did struggle with identity. Mm-hmm. Um, just being secure as far as being a man, just for the simple fact that, yo, know, if you look out, the, you know, you look outside or you look in your house, everybody has their own version of what a man should be. Mm-hmm. Like a man will sit there and say, yo, this is what I want in a woman. We're not going to say you're a woman because... Dot, dot, dot. But We're women say, will say... A woman's going to say, a man is this, that, and the yeah, third. Yeah. And if you ask every woman, they're going to give you a different answer. Right. Then, on top of that, if you go outside and you speak to the dudes in your neighborhood, everybody else is going to tell you different things of what a man should be. Right. So, it came to a point, hey, I know who I am, I understand myself, and I'm comfortable with it, and I'm unapologetic with it. Right. So, that was the whole thing to me. So any any last words for our audience? Any? Well, I think that this is just the the beginning of the topic of identity, um, and uh, just understanding uh, as far as just this whole subject here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that we are done with this. Absolutely the topic. not. Um, so look forward to you know maybe another episode. Yeah. Uh, just kind of digging a little deeper but we wanted to uh scratch the surface with the Mm -hmm. first episode um also if by any chance you guys have anything that you would like for us to discuss if you have any questions or any topics uh feel free um do you have uh anything on social like social media stuff that you want to give out and have them hit us up on? I hit do. On. I do. Since this is your podcast, Since, hit you up on. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm just visiting. <laughs> so as we close out, I, again, I want to thank you all for tuning in um, to our podcast, The Unangry Black Woman. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion. I hope you got some insight, some information. Uh, I hope this sparks conversation, you know, with your circles and, and in your household. That's what we want to do. We just want to have real conversations to spark conversations. Um, And so if you enjoyed our episode, again, please consider subscribing, rating us, um, as well as leaving your review on your favorite podcast platform. Um, If you want to connect and continue the conversations, our IG is Tiffany Fox Inc. Our Facebook is Tiffany Fox Inc. Our LinkedIn is Tiffany Fox Inc. Everywhere. And so we would love for you to suggest topics or what you would love uh, to hear more about or for us to speak on. We will be back with another episode. I love, I love, I love the fact that um, we can have these men and women conversations. I think communication is key and so is perspective, right? But again, healing happens in community. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast community. We appreciate you and can't wait for our next episode. Until next time, be great. Your healing coach.